Welcome to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast, a podcast designed so that we can walk beside you and help you become the leader you were created to be. In today's episode, I want to talk about something that desperately needs to be talked about, but most people won't talk about it until it is too late. The subject of today's episode is leadership pain. Pain isn't a popular topic. But we are wise to embrace this reality. It's a part of life and it's a part of leadership. Leadership is a magnet for pain. It comes in many forms. As leaders, we take criticism for decisions made, for decisions not made, for actions that we take and actions that we don't take, uh, even for decisions and things that we're not even involved in. Uh, Dr. Sam Chan says, if you're not hurting, you're not leading. My friend, Dr. John Maxwell, says leadership and pain are often inseparable. And every time my pain level rises, I have to remind myself, this is what leaders do to lead in and through pain. Dr. J. Robert Clinton said, never trust a leader who doesn't walk with a limp. Well, I don't know about you, but I certainly walk with a limp. And most leaders that I know do walk with a limp. As a matter of fact, it has become so critical, the pain has become so deep and so intense that many are not just walking with a limp, but many leaders are on life support. Uh, they're right at the point where they're ready to throw in the towel, ready to give up. They're right at the point where they just can't take it anymore. As a matter of fact, I was uh, just speaking the other day to a business owner who said, pray for me. He said, we are struggling. Uh, my business, we're struggling more than we've ever struggled before. I talked to another individual in ministry who said, I'm just trying to make it. A few years ago, a pastor friend of mine told me, I just have to make it three more years to get to my retirement. And he was struggling to do so. I spoke last week to a small business owner closing his dream business. And he told me, he said, we just can't do it anymore. Well, whether you're barely holding on or you're experiencing the greatest season of growth in your life or anywhere in between, this episode is for you. Organizational guru Peter Drucker observed that the four most difficult jobs in America are, and they're not in any particular order, president of the United States, university president, hospital CEO, and this one may surprise you, but pastor. I had uh, someone come to me recently and they said, you ought to really share a teaching on what a pastor does because there's the joke that, you know, pastors only work one day a week. But uh, they're pastors and leaders, no matter what kind of leadership you're in, as I said, leadership is a magnet for pain and leaders are struggling, many of them now more than ever before, especially with the recent pandemic and the lasting effects, uh, the difficulty and the pain has only increased. And as a leader who has been a leader for over three decades, a leader who gets and who loves other leaders as a, as a pastor who loves other pastors, my heart goes out to you as a leader. And also, I have several friends who have been uh, university presidents, and I've sat with them, and I've listened to their stories, and I've heard great stories of great victory, but I've also heard stories of deep pain. There's several studies out there, and I'm going to speak specifically to pastors, but these certainly have an effect on anyone that is in leadership. Study after study shows how difficult leadership can be. Uh, one study was done by uh, Dr. Richard Kreshur, if I'm saying that name right, of the Francis Schaefer Institute of Church Leadership Development. 
and they conducted a study of pastors, and they discovered 100% had a close associate or seminary friend who had left the ministry because of burnout, conflict in their church, or moral failure. 90% stated that they are frequently fatigued and worn out on a weekly and even a daily basis. 71% stated they were burned out and battled depression beyond fatigue on a weekly and even daily basis. 89% considered leaving the ministry at one time. And 57% said they would leave if they had a better place to go, including secular work. The statistics go on and on how it affects their family, uh, how many of them have left because they just couldn't take it anymore, uh, but also how many of them that are still doing it are experiencing uh, incredible pain. You know, Dr. Maxwell says pain can stop us dead in our tracks, or it can cause us to make decisions we would like to put off, deal with issues that we would rather not face, and make changes that make us feel uncomfortable. Pain prompts us to face who we are and where we are. What we do with that experience defines who we become. It has been said that your greatest gains can come in the middle of your pain and even your greatest pain. A number of years ago, I had the privilege to hear Dr. Sam Chan And then I had the amazing opportunity to actually meet him and visit with him. I read his book, Leadership Pain, which is uh, subtitled Leadership Pain, subtitled The Classroom for Growth. It impacted me so much that I bought copies for all the pastors in our Lincoln Area Ministerial Association. We read the book together. We prayed together. We laughed together. We cried together. And we learned together. Dr. Chan, the whole thesis of the book is that you will grow only to the threshold of your pain. And as he said, pain is the classroom for growth. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would say school is certainly in session? Pain is inevitable. How we respond to it is critical. I want to share just a few ways, actually three ways that we as leaders experience Uh, internal pain, and then three ways that we experience pain from external uh, measures. First of all, let's talk about internal. The first thing that many leaders experience and the pain that is often kept inside, sometimes until it's too late, is the pain of depression and loneliness. In an article on the silent suffering of pastors, and this also would include leaders when you think about it, Fred Smoot, executive director of Emory Clergy uh, in Georgia, reported that when pastors can't live up to the excessive demands placed on them by their own perfectionism and the expectations of others, they often turn their frustration back on themselves, which produces a downward spiral of self-condemnation and hopelessness. Matthew Stanford, a professor of psychology at Baylor University, said depression in Christian culture carries a double carries I'm sorry a double stigmatization. The culture stigma about mental illness coupled with Christians over spiritualizing depression by dismiss, by dismissing it as a lack of faith or a sign of weakness. This makes it very difficult for pastors to talk about the stress they suffer on the way down the long slide into hopelessness. And it makes it equally difficult to admit to themselves or anyone else when they hit the bottom. 
And we saw the tragic results of this. And, and this breaks my heart. Every time it breaks my heart because as a leader, I understand the pain that comes with leadership. And specifically as a pastor, I understand the pain that comes with pastoring and, and the things that you carry as a pastor. We saw the horrific results of this pain being inside of someone and not being able to find release. A young pastor, 30-year-old, who battled depression, he battled mental illness, and uh, even uh, spoke and preached a sermon before shortly before he passed that said there's hope and there is help available, but 12 days later he killed himself. Another young pastor, also uh, 30 years old, uh, took his life, and he had written before that, he said, loving Jesus doesn't always cure suicidal thoughts. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure depression. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure PTSD. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure anxiety. But that doesn't mean Jesus doesn't offer us companionship and comfort. He always, and he had in capital letters, always does that. But that night, the young man took his life. Both men left behind not only churches with all kinds of unanswered questions and pain, but they left behind a beautiful spouse and beautiful children who will have to live with that pain and through that pain. And so depression and, and hopelessness and uh, just being discouraged, loneliness. Let me say something to you. You are not alone. You are not alone. And, and I'm going to give you some ways at the end of this, some takeaways if, if you're battling that, how to walk through that and how to come out on the other side of that and also to help other people. Another internal thing that causes pain is, is compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue. Uh, loving others made Jesus completely vulnerable to the point of death. He literally went to the cross because of his love for us and died for us. For, lo for us, loving others makes us vulnerable uh, to being misunderstood, unappreciated, and mentally and physically exhausted. The exhaustion caused by constantly loving, giving, serving, and sacrificing, especially coupled with feeling alone, Resentful and hurt erodes a Christian's leader's ability or any leader's ability to cope with life. Henry Newen, in his book, Can You Drink the Cup, said this, Every time we make a decision to love someone, we open ourselves up to great suffering because those we most love cause us not only great joy, but also great pain. The greatest pain comes from leaving, when the child leaves home, when the husband or wife leaves for a long period of time or for good, when the beloved friend departs for another country or dies, the pain of leaving can tear us apart. Still, we want to avoid the suffering of leaving. We will never, no, still, if we want to avoid the suffering of leaving, we will never experience the joy of loving. And love is stronger than fear. Life is stronger than death. Hope is stronger than despair. We have to trust that risk of loving is always worth taking. And you know, that's true. Whether you are battling depression or compassion fatigue, you are not alone. And in order to become an effective leader, one must be able to empathize with those who they are leading. Empathy is literally putting someone else's hurt in our heart. 
And so we carry that with us. And sometimes when you're giving and you're giving and you're giving and you're never receiving, there comes a point in time where you have nothing left to give. And many leaders are there right now. And again, I'm going to share some takeaways, how to overcome compassion fatigue. One of the things I will say right now is it's critical that we refuel. And I always share that it is imperative that we lead out of our overflow, that if we are not being filled then what we are putting out is not going to be good, and we're, we're not going to be able to do it for very long. A third internal struggle of leaders is the struggle of comparison and competition. Comparison and competition. Let me tell you this. God did not create you or me to be someone else. He created you and me to be the best version of ourselves And yet inside of us, there's that internal struggle that is always compared. How am I doing compared to how they're doing? And, and, you know, especially if you're a competitive individual as myself, you always want to do your best. You want to be the best, but we need to make sure and realize that we don't allow that to get so deep inside of us that we try to be somebody else or try to be who we're not created to be or try to do something we're not created to do. You see, we were, every one of us, created uniquely, specifically, with a purpose. And I want to challenge you as a leader. Quit trying to be like someone else. Yes, we learn from other leaders, and I love to learn from other leaders. But don't try to be somebody else. Be who you were created to be and become the best version of yourself that you can as an individual and as a leader. Now let's talk about how uh, some external pressures cause us pain and bring us a great deal of pain. Let me just share three with you. There's plenty more. The first one is criticism. Criticism. Never has that been more real than since we began to walk through the pandemic. Uh, 2020 up to the present has been one of the most difficult times to lead. Leaders make decisions and people criticize decisions. Think about it. We've walked through political division. And if you said something or didn't say something or said the wrong thing or somebody took it out of context or clips your videos, uh, we've walked through racial tension where people that are not racist at all, have been accused of being racist, where people have taken that and tried to push it to an agenda to divide uh, the body of Christ, uh, where people who didn't, who people thought should have spoken, uh, spoke up, didn't speak up, and, and people who they thought shouldn't speak up, did speak up and were misheard or misunderstood. If you're a leader, you understand you've lived through this, you've led through this. And then the pandemic, the pandemic hit. And, you know, do you gather together publicly or do you not gather together? Do you wear a mask or don't you wear a mask? Do you get the vaccine or do you not get the vaccine? Do you get the second vaccine or do you not? Do you get the third vaccine or do you not? Do you get the fourth vaccine or do you not? You know, do you get together with family or or do you stay isolated? And, And no matter what decisions were made or not made, no matter what was said or not said or what was inferred or what people read between the lines... No matter what happened, criticism came. And listen, as a leader, when you signed up to be a leader, you signed up to be criticized. But what do we do with that criticism? Well, we we have to be able to take the criticism 
And if it's constructive or we can learn from even if it's critical and we can learn from it, then let's learn from it. But if it's just an attack, then we need to lay it aside and not let it affect us. And that's easier said than done, but I'm going to give us ways to do that here in a moment. The second external way that we experience pain, and this is so deep, is through betrayal. Some of the deepest wounds you will experience as a leader will come from those closest to you. I remember as a young man in ministry, as a young pastor, I had a group of leaders that I literally would have taken a bullet for. We were as close and as tight as could be. And I love those men. But one of those men got caught up in a teaching of a book contrary to the word of God. And that man wanted to teach that book instead of the word of God. And so when I stood against that, that leader immediately went into betrayal mode and went behind and tried to not only destroy me, but destroy the ministry. And we made it through that. But as a result of that, let me tell you something. As a result of that, I put people at a distance and said, I'll never let that See, I made this fatal mistake. I said, I will never let that happen again. And you know what? What it does is it puts you in a position to where isolation takes place, and then you are open game for the attack of the enemy, and it will lead to your very downfall as it did in my life for a season. David Allender, leading with a limp, turning your struggles into strengths, says betrayal is a deep psychic wound that hardens the heart against grief and deadens its hunger for intimacy. Grief is meant to open our hearts and eventually move us to care for others. But what if we feel profound shame with our grief? Shame distances us from people and the comfort they could offer us in our grief. Shame also causes a person to hate the innate desire to be connected to others. Listen, when you're in pain and you get hurt by other people, you put other people at a distance. But when we do that, we make ourselves vulnerable. We make ourselves vulnerable for even greater pain. The temptation will be to isolate yourself or at least keep a distance between yourself and others so it doesn't happen again. But loved ones, let me tell you, as leaders, we need people in our lives and we cannot allow the betrayal of one. Remember, the greatest leader that ever walked the face of the earth had one of his closest people betray him and sell him out for pennies on the dollar. And so I'm going to share, how do, we, how do we navigate through that? The third thing is, the third area from an external way that pain comes into our life is what's called leading the lethargic. One of the most difficult and disheartening things about leadership is when you care more about the people you're leading than they care about themselves. You care more about their well-being. You care more about their spiritual life. You care more about their physical health. You care more about their marital life. You care more about their financial uh, life. In other words, you care more than they care, and you try to lead, but they don't care enough to take the steps for themselves. You're going to experience that when leading by some. Let me encourage you, don't focus on the ones that are lethargic. Focus on the ones 
that are excited and ready to grow and ready to learn. Well, I want to share how we can use our pain. I want to share how we can use our pain, the pain that we experience, how we can use it as the classroom for growth, how we can use the pain that we're going through or the pain that we have experienced in the past uh, to prepare to propel us into our next season as a springboard. You see, pain is inevitable, but the way we interpret it and respond to pain throws us into gear that either propels us forward or thwarts us backwards. While pain itself is indifferent, it never has an indifferent effect. John Maxwell says, life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. Well, I want to talk about how we react to pain. Uh, We all have a default mode when dealing with pain, and we do one of three things. We either fight, we flight, or we freeze. In other words, we either fight, we face it, and we'll talk about that in just a minute, or we flight, we immediately run from it to get away from it because we Try to outrun our pain. How many of you know you cannot outrun your pain? Or the third thing that happens is we freeze. We become paralyzed. We don't react one way or the other. We just literally freeze. How many remember when you would uh, play the game of, of catch and when you would touch someone and they would be frozen until someone else came up and touched them? There are many leaders today that are frozen in their tracks And I'm believing that what I'm going to share with you, seven takeaways, is going to unfreeze you. I'm going to unfreeze you. Why? So that we can do what? So that we can turn our pain into gain. And so that we can raise the threshold of our pain. In other words, if we're going to lead in these days in which we're living, these difficult moments, this tough season, we're going to have to increase the threshold of our pain. And we're going to have to be able to turn our pain into gain. We're going to learn to turn the pain of our past into the strength of our present and our future. Seven takeaways. These are, some of them are from uh, Dr. Maxwell. Uh, Some of them are from Dr. Uh, Sam Chan, his book, Leadership Pain. And I encourage you to read that book. It ought to be a textbook for every leader. And if you have influence, you're a leader. So really, it ought to be a textbook for every person. Highly recommend Leadership Pain, the classroom for growth. And some of these just come from decades of leading and experiencing and from counseling other colleagues and ministering to other leaders. Well, let me share these seven takeaways with you. Number one, choose a positive life stance. Choose a positive life stance. In other words, adaptability. A life stance is a term used to describe people's overall frame of reference, The set of attitudes, assumptions, and expectations people hold about themselves, other people, and the world in general. When you experience pain, you have a decision. You and I have a decision to make. We either allow pain to affect us in a negative way, or we take and choose a positive life stance. We reframe it, if you will. We reframe it and turn it into a positive instead of a negative. Yes, this happened to me, but look at the good that's going to come out of it. Or I wonder what good thing is going to come out of this. Or you just reframe it to a good thing. The second takeaway is embrace and develop your creativity. 
And, you know, many times when we're in pain, it causes us to do things that we wouldn't normally do, try things that we wouldn't normally try, and even try things that we want to try, but before have been fearful to do. But now we're in a place where it's like, well, what does it matter? (laughs) Might as well give it a shot. And so embrace and develop your creativity. I love the story about the chicken farmer. His area kept getting flooded where he had his chicken farm at and he would get it flooded and he would run to the rescue of the chickens and he'd try to save all the little baby chicks and get them out of there. And time after time again, he would lose them. And one time there was just a huge flood and he lost all of his chickens. And he told his wife, he said, I don't know what we're going to do. I I can't sell the property. There's no reason to buy more chickens. We just keep going through this. I just don't know what to do. And his wife spoke words of wisdom, which positioned him to embrace and develop his creativity. She said, buy ducks, buy ducks. You know, right now, uh, sometimes when we're going through uh, difficulty and pain, uh, we need to buy some ducks. What do we need to do? We need to embrace and develop creativity. What good can come out of this? And that brings me really to the third takeaway. Embrace the value of bad experiences. Embrace the value of bad experiences. In other words, be teachable and stay teachable. President John F. Kennedy was once asked how he became a war hero. With his customary dry wit, he responded, well, it was quite easy. Someone sunk my boat. <laughs> you're going to have days, you're going to have weeks, you're going to have moments, you're going to have seasons where you're going as a leader, you're going to experience pain that is beyond what you think you can bear. But in those moments, embrace the value of the bad experience and let's see what we can learn from it and how we can bring something good out of it. Number four takeaway is pain brings clarity to what is most important in our life. See, pain actually helps us to prioritize the priorities or what should be the priorities in our life. I've seen it when I've been with many people. Uh, Many people, when they experience a severe illness, a long sickness, all of a sudden priorities begin to change. Uh, People become more important than things. Spending time together becomes more important than what we can buy or this or that. And so when we're going through pain, it brings clarity to what's most important and it helps us prioritize. And as we think about the pain that we're experiencing, what is it teaching us about how to prioritize and how are we changing things and reprioritizing things for the better? Number five takeaway is pain deepens our relationship with others. It brings us to a place of intimacy. Elizabeth Elliot, whose husband was martyred, writes this, I am not a theologian or a scholar, but I am very aware of the fact that pain is necessary to all of us. In my own life, I think I can honestly say that out of the deepest pain has come the strongest conviction of the presence of God and the love of God. Now, as a person of faith, there's nothing more important in my life than my relationship with Jesus Christ and experiencing his presence. And let me tell you, I have had moments and times and seasons in my life where it felt like that God wasn't there 
and that God didn't care. But I will tell you, in some of the darkest, most difficult, most painful moments of my life is when I've experienced more than at any other time the manifest presence of God in my life and the assurance that he is with me and that he is there to help me walk through the situation. And the same is true for you. He is there to walk with you through it. Number six, pain positions us to more effectively lead others. Empathy. How, so here's what we need to ask the question. How can I take the pain I'm going through and use it to help somebody else? Maybe to help somebody else avoid pain or maybe to help somebody else not experience as much excruciating pain as we are or maybe just to be there with them to help them walk through it and encourage them and let them know you can and will make it through this. So pain positions us to more effectively lead others. Empathy, putting their, their hurt in our heart. Number seven, uh, develop relationships with others who went through a similar pain uh, to what you're going through and made it. Develop relationships with others. You know, I want to I encourage you when you're going through something, find a seasoned leader or someone else that has gone through something similar to what you're going through or maybe the very specific thing you're going through and spend some time listening to them. I came across this the other day and I, I love this saying. I want to get I want to get this on something. It, it just it so resonates in my spirit. It says sit with the warriors. The conversation is different. Sit with the warriors. The conversation is different. As a young leader, I would gather around me older, more mature leaders who had been where I wanted to go, but also who had experienced what I was or would experience. And you know what? That's never changed. As I've gotten older, I've still gathered around me people, people that are further than where I am, where I, where I want to go, where I need to lead to, people that have navigated through difficulty and have navigated through pain. And I've been able to sit down with them and I've been able to learn from them, develop a relationship so that they can speak into my life and help me become the leader I was created to be. And so I want to challenge you to find leaders to set with who have gone further than you or have experienced something similar to what you may be facing and listen to them because they have walked through it. As it says, sit with the warriors. The conversation is different. As I said earlier, pain is inevitable, but how we respond to it is critical. Dr. Chan says you only grow to the threshold of your pain. And I want to encourage you, as I am encouraging myself, let's increase the threshold of pain so that we can minister more effectively, so that we can lead better those who are experiencing deep, difficult, traumatic pain that we can help them know that they will make it through. And not only can we tell them, but we can show them as we lead them through the difficulties of life. It's an honor to have you join me for the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. Hey, we're just getting started. This is episode number nine. And, 
You know, if this has been helpful to you, uh, will you please be so kind to share it and rate it and uh, give us feedback? Uh, We want to know how we can more effectively help you and help you lead as you lead. Remember, we're here to help you become the leader that you were created to be. You are not in this alone. Reach out to us. Let's stand together. Let's lead together through the victories, through the battles, and through the pain. Because as we do, we'll get better, we'll get stronger, and as a result of that, we'll lead people well, and every person deserves to be led well. Once again, thank you for joining me for the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. For more information or to download the leader guide for this episode, you can go to our website, larrycrawford.live. To get in touch with us, send us an email at leadership at larrycrawford.live.